Who's tired of bad news? Don't you just want something that makes you smile, laugh, or feel good? Whether you start your day with this podcast or listen when you need a mood boost, your daily chocolate is a quick, calorie-free way to feel good. In less than 15 minutes, you'll hear funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspirational people. Your host, Patty Deutsch, is bound and determined to counterbalance all the negativity that's out there today. Just give yourself a moment to indulge in these bite-sized stories. It'll be good for you. My guest today is Michael Jacobus. He is an internationally recognized author, a child development specialist, and a camp professional. You heard me right. He specializes in camps. And five years ago, he actually started a summer camp, the world's first summer camp, aimed at kids that are addicted to devices, specifically screen time, social media, gaming addictions, that sort of thing. You may not have a a child that is addicted, but it doesn't take much. And I think our society these days is so used to being attached to that phone, having it by your bed, carrying it with you everywhere. And before your child or a child that you know gets there, Michael shares with us some tips of how to reduce that screen time. I think you'll learn a few things. Enjoy. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on your Daily Chocolate. So glad to have you here. My pleasure. You know, the reset camp that you run, I, I think it's the world's first, if I'm not mistaken, right? And it you is. started started this what about five years ago. Yes. To serve kids that have this addiction, not not to alcohol or drugs or porn or anything like that, but to their electronic devices. Yeah, uh, it's it's really focusing on internet, social media, and gaming addiction. So in the five years that you've been doing this, uh, what has changed? I would imagine a lot. Well, what has changed? That's a big question. Um, you know, obviously COVID hit uh, in the middle of it. We founded in 2018, and then we actually had to completely shut down in 2020 because uh, wow. we couldn't get space anywhere because everybody was shut in. And then we started up again in 2021. And we've noticed a significant change in the social development of kids or the lack of social development, I should say. Uh, The attitude, the behaviors, you know, they're just a little bit rougher with uh, kids who have been shut in uh, for, you know, a year or more. So in addition to just digital detox, which is what we promote the camp to do, we're, we're doing a lot of life skill and social skill building. Uh, because the kids who are coming to camp nowadays have uh, little or none. I would almost think with the pandemic, with all the kids being online all the time, that maybe they would not be doing so much gaming and and you know YouTube or TikTok or what else, because they're literally on their computer going to school. Is is that not the case? Well, you would think that, but it's almost like it was a permission slip to be online. Oh. Because um, uh, I can't tell you a single kid that we haven't talked to in our camp program that wasn't attending a school class on a Zoom meeting while being on their phone or gaming on their side computer, or you know, it just it just almost gave them permission to be on their technology and not in a good way. 
is Fortnite to blame for this? <laughs> or or <laughs> no. I mean, that's what I really started hearing about kids that were up until two or three in the morning and then not going to school because yeah. they were literally, I mean, their whole community, their friendships were Fortnite. Well, Fortnite certainly played a big part of it, but uh, Fortnite is uh, only, uh, you know, one of many games that uh, kids are getting wrapped up into these days, Okay, which is funny because when I was a kid, you know, we played, uh, you know, a video game and you actually got to the end. You actually rescued (laughs) the princess or you defeated the bad guy and it actually said the end on the screen. And you could play again, but you'd have to start from the beginning. Uh, now games are uh, never ending. There, there's constant quests and constant things you can upgrade. And there's purchases, you know, yeah. real world money to buy fake things in a fake environment. We have kids that have uh, abused their parents' credit cards or their grandparents' credit cards buying these fake things online. And uh, Fortnite was, I think, what prompted the World Health Organization to really look at gaming addiction and classify it as a diagnosable illness because it's this last man standing kind of game. And if you get killed in the game, you go back in the lobby and you go right back into another game. So there's there is no end. Yeah. Even though the game itself actually ends, you either win and then you want to play again because you got the dopamine hit from winning. Right. Or you didn't win and you're all tensed up and your cortisol is going <laughs> like crazy and you want to sign in and play again and try to get the dopamine hit. So, yeah, we talk a lot about that at camp, about the effects of cortisol and dopamine on your brain and how they're naturally occurring hormones that should only occur you know, in rare circumstances. And gaming uh, especially makes them occur, you know, Hundreds of times. All the time. Yeah. And so this is now actually a diagnosable condition. I mean, a doctor can... Game, gaming disorder gaming is disorder. a diagnosable condition. Interesting. And so do doctors actually prescribe like the reset no. camp? No, no it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so new. It's a, a therapeutic diagnosis. And it really has to do with, you know, does gaming... It's, it's kind of like what I've always asked parents who, who think their kid has a gaming problem. You know, I'd say, well, how are the grades? How's the behavior at home? How is the sleeping habits? How are mm-hmm. the eating habits? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a mother tried to sign her, her kid up for camp and he played basketball and he was on the debate team and he got straight A's and he had a part-time job. And I'm like, it doesn't sound like he has a problem. Right. Well, he plays Fortnite too much. Well, it doesn't sound like he's playing it too much because he does all these other things. And he's socially involved and active in the community. And we have, you know, you can't just sign up for our camp. You, you, you have to answer some screening questions and then uh. our clinical director will talk to you and, and further screen you to see if you're a fit for the program. You know? no. and, and at the same token, we have parents who call and, and say, I don't know what to do. My kid came at me with a knife when I turned off the Wi-Fi and the police have been to the house twice. Oh, my goodness. That's an anger management program. And that is also not the camp that, right. we, that we provide. <laughs> So when the kids come to your camp, do they want to be there? No. No. <laughs> no, I have, I have 35 years of, of summer camp experience. And this is the only program I've ever run where not a single kid is happy to be there. Yeah. So it's a four-week program, right? Correct. Can you really detox them in that four weeks or is there work that they go home with? Uh, I can detox them in four weeks. And it's funny, I'll get a call from parents asking if the program is guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I love, I love the word guaranteed. <laughs> and, and I'll say, absolutely not. I can guarantee to detox your kid because they're going to be with me for four weeks without their devices. So they're going to naturally detox. They're yeah. going to naturally get on a good sleep schedule. 
They're going to naturally get on a good eating schedule because we regulate, you know, all of that. Yeah. And, and they're going to socialize and they're going to actually be reset, which is why we named it Reset, and into the kid that they were before they got lost into technology addiction. But then we're going to send them home. And so uh, our, our four-week program ends with a family workshop weekend. The families actually come on Friday and leave on Sunday. Ah. We do family therapy and individual therapy while the kids are at camp. And then we follow up with every camper for eight weeks after the camp is over to make sure they're staying the course. Okay. Do you have kids that come back year after year or no? We actually have. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Being a traditional summer camp director, you know, I'm used to kids coming back for year after year bringing their brothers and their cousins and whatever. Because they love it so uh, much. <laughs> right, right. And and I thought, you know, if we detoxed you next summer, you'd go to surf camp or sailing right. camp, or horseback <laughs> camp. You wouldn't come back. Uh, but we have had a, a few returners, but it's not because they went back to the dark side of technology. It's because the parents really appreciated a month off of technology oh. and the kids themselves expressed an interest in helping the next batch of campers. So we actually had to create a junior staffer position for these returning campers because ah. uh, we didn't anticipate it. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. So I imagine, and, and you mentioned, you know, involving the family at the end. A lot of this probably stems from their family, right? I mean, I, I recall uh, being in a Chinese restaurant once and the family was having dinner and I looked across and there was a mother and daughter having dinner. The daughter clearly had just come off of a soccer game or baseball game. She was in her little uniform, maybe 10 years old or so. And the mom was on her phone the entire dinner. It was driving me nuts. I wanted to go over there and tell her, pay attention to your girl. You know, and she, I don't know, she wasn't looking at anything important. Probably cat videos because she would all of a sudden like laugh (laughs) and then show it to her daughter and then go back to scrolling. So how much of this, uh, of what you see with kids is learned from their parents and? Well, it's not so much learned from the parents, although we do talk about modeling good behavior to the parents, but it, it's from the environment that they come from. And, and so it's funny when I talk to parents, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I can detox your kid. I can't detox you. So during the yeah. camp program, I'll send emails like once a week to the parents, you know, letting them know how their kid is doing, but also giving them some homework. And I'll, you know, suggest that they do a weekend tech free on their own uh, while their kid is at camp doing a month of tech free. And none of them do it, you know, but yeah, because they can't. Really? Uh, But we'll we'll talk a lot to the parents about, you know, changing the home environment, uh, changing their own relationships with tech. You you can't tell your kid to be off their phone if you're on yours. And it's so easy to punish the child. You know, we'll, we'll say, you know, remove the tech from their bedrooms. You know, if they're, you know, so many parents are happy when it's quiet at home and they think, oh, they're up there doing yeah. their homework. Well, yeah. they're not. They're yeah. up there with the doors closed, their earphones on and they're playing a game. So I'll say, you know, remove the tech, right. you know, to a dining room or to the kitchen or and and lose the headphones because then then you you'll hear all the explosions right. and the gunfire. But pretty soon the kid himself will kind of be shamed into turning that down or playing a less aggressive game or not playing at all, which is the goal. But that doesn't speak to what the parents need to do also. So, so many parents are like taking the tech out of the kid's room, but they're on their tech until midnight. You know, so it it is a really difficult situation to 
get the parents trained as well as the kids. Have you thought about having a summer camp for the parents? Oh, yeah. I get suggested that all the time. <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't get a parent to come for a month, which, <laughs> yeah. which is the problem. Right. Um, but also, you know, most, most of the kids, not all the kids, but most of the kids who come to our camp have some level of trauma in their backgrounds. Oh. And it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a child abuse or a sexual abuse kind of thing, although we, we do have campers like that. But we find that there's something that they're hiding from. There's something that makes them want to just close the door, be in their room, put on their earphones and get lost in a game. And if it's a family dynamic, we deal with that in the family therapy. And, and our clinical director will deal with that in the uh, opening screening, see if they're even qualified to come to camp. Wow. We also have some kids on the autism spectrum. Okay. Uh, and those are difficult to screen because every parent says that their kid is a high-functioning autistic kid. Uh, and this, this summer, actually, we had a, a low functioning autistic kid. Oh my goodness. Um, so it's funny. We can't, we can't keep parents from lying to us. Yeah. Uh, on <laughs> That's the another problem completely, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we are very specific about, you know, if, if we find out, you know, once your kid is here that he is not who you said he was, or he has anger management issues that you neglected to inform us about. Yeah. We're going to send him home. And that, that's, bad for them and bad for you and bad for the brain. You know, it's, it, it's right. not an escape. Uh, it's, you know, send your kid to a camp to be detoxed and you have to do the work at home right. at the same time. Right. Oh my gosh. I would imagine though, you probably have some pretty great anecdotes about kids, kids <laughs> that have either, you know, came to you not wanting to be there. Or maybe they even try to run away and, oh, yeah. and now they're, they're coming back or they're, Getting A's in school, they've gotten into Stanford, who knows? I mean, tell, tell me a, a great story. Oh, yeah. I mean, my favorite photo, I, I think I posted two summers ago, was um, of this group hug of a bunch of teenagers. And these are kids who wouldn't even speak to each other when they arrived. Really? They wouldn't speak to me. They didn't want to be there. They hated us. They hated everything. They hated their parents. Uh, and at the end of four weeks, they had formed such a bond that they didn't want to leave. Oh. Um, we also, you know, some of our, we do life skills, but we do summer camp fun stuff too. And, and one of the things we do is improv. Oh. Uh, and I've actually attended two, uh, school plays of former campers who went on to join their theater department at their school and ended up in, in performances because they found something they enjoy that isn't gaming that, that brought them happiness yeah. and meaning. Yeah. So. You know, they were both in California, so I could go at yeah. them. We get kids from all over the country and sometimes outside the country. Uh, so obviously I can't go everywhere, but um, those are always great stories. I love it. Uh, well, I mean, your camp only fits 30 people. Do you have a waiting list or? No, actually, it's one of the things that's interesting about this camp model is, you know, in traditional camp, I'm taking signups for next year before the kid leaves this year. Uh, you know, and then by December, I'm pretty full right? Um, for, for next summer. In this model, um, the parents are in denial until April or May. Oh. You know, he, he promised he'd get his grades up. He promised he'd do better in school. He promised he'd stop gaming. And then they get this realization that, holy smoke, summer break is coming and this kid's going to be home full time. Yeah. And, and he hasn't done anything he said he would do. And now I got to find a place for it. So it's, it's a very difficult staffing and scheduling model because we don't know how many kids we're going to get until April. 
Yeah. You know, and by then I've already booked space. I've already hired the staff, you know, and, and we're just, you know, counting the number of kids. We usually fill up, you know, like I said, this past summer, I think because of uh, the gas prices and inflation and then uncertainty, we, we weren't full this past summer. Yeah. But every summer prior, we've been full. Oh my gosh. Well, you've already given some tip. At what age does this start? I mean, what is it at age eight or as soon as they have their own cell phone and what should parents, how do they train them up right so this doesn't become a problem? Yeah, that's a really hard question to answer because every family is different and some kids, you know, handle it just fine. Yeah. Um, But, but some don't. And, you know, my, my advice to parents is, you know, don't give them a cell phone until they're in high school. Yeah. Don't let them on social media until they're in high school. You know, it's difficult enough being a kid in grammar school and middle school without having to navigate an online life. Right. So, I mean, my, my, my advice is don't. Right. But most, most parents can't do that. So it's really about monitoring, you know, I'll, uh, I'll speak to parent groups. Sometimes I get asked to talk about, you know, the latest social media issues. And so I'll do a talk and I'll, I'll tell them about, you know, the social media platform is out there and these are the dangers and this is where predators, you know, and all that stuff. Right. And then when I'm done talking, I'll say, you can now forget everything I just told you because everything I just told you is now obsolete because while we've been talking, six more apps have been invented and three more games have been released. And yeah. Yeah. And and so you, you can't stay on top of it. No, and I'll tell parents you can't you can't keep up. There's no way a parent today can keep up. So their best option is open communication with their kid. Yeah. You know, if you can't keep your kid from gaming, then game with them. You know, learn learn what the game that that really excites them and create your own account and join them uh, on this journey. So it's it's still communicative and family oriented and social. It's not just a kid in his room with his earphones and, yeah. and his door closed. I wish I had greater wisdom other than don't, but, uh, you know, and, and then parents really need to look at their own habits. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll say to a group of parents, how many of you sleep with your phone by your bed? Oh yeah. And everyone raises their hands. You know, there our phones are our alarm clocks. They're, you know, the first thing we check our email when we wake up and I'll say, that's just a natural development of the convenience of phones, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And then I'll hold up my Walmart $4.95 alarm clock and I'll say, put this by your bed. <laughs> charge your phone outside of your room, outside yeah. of, your, you know, charge it in the kitchen pantry and put a lock on the door. And, char- you know, at nine o'clock at night, everybody's device goes on a charger and gets locked up until morning. Yeah. And you would be amazed how many people just think that's insane. And right. I couldn't possibly. And it's like. And don't ask for the help you're, right. you're seeking <laughs> because I'm telling you what to do to fix it and you don't want to do it. And I, and I love the advice that some people have given of no electronic at the dinner table. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have, have real conversation with the family, you know. And I think your tip also of keeping things out of the bedrooms for the kids and making sure that whatever they're doing, it's out in the open without headphones and, and such. I think that can help alleviate problems down the road, you know, when, when the kids can't hide it. Right. You know, I'll have parents say, you know, what, what, what age should I let my kid be on Instagram? Yeah. For example. And and I have a very, I have a very (laughs) smart aleck answer to that. Uh, I'll say, well, at what age do you want them exposed to pornography? Oh, because that's the reality. 
Yeah. Know, it's not, it's not every site. It's not every time they go on, but you're, you're letting them into, uh, an adult controlled environment and not every adult has your kid's best interest at heart. So you tell me when it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, it, it's kind of a hard reality that, that parents need to understand that is part of the world we live in. You know, when, when kids come to camp, I'll, I'll tell them this is not punishment camp. This is not fix you because you're broken camp. This is learn how to get what you want in life camp. Yeah. And, you know, being on YouTube or a game 20 hours a day is not the way. Right. So, and, and we're, nobody here is ever going to tell you not to play a game, not to be on social media, because that's not realistic. That's not the world we live in. But there is a way to find a healthy balance and be successful in your life and not just be all consumed. Yes. Well, my gosh, uh, I'm glad that there is a reset camp. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure those parents are very glad that there is a reset camp. And it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job and that this should be replicated in other areas. Yeah, we're looking at doing that. We wanted to make sure we, we got the model right. Um, you know, the first year was a bit of a disaster because we... We had the whole summer and we let kids come kind of whenever and stay for as long as, as they wanted. Really? And, and we had kids, you know, we had kids from two weeks to nine weeks. Wow. And every weekend we had kids arriving and kids departing. It was, it was a disaster. Basically. Okay. <laughs> so I, I talked with my psychologist and my clinical therapist and we sort of decided on this four week, one PhD called it sweet spot. Okay. Uh, you know, the first week, none of them want to be there and, and they're not very com communicative. The second week, they're starting to come around. They're starting to understand. Uh, the third week, they pretty much get it. And the fourth week really just enforces what they learned in the first three weeks. Yeah. So the fifth week would be sort of redundant. So we just decided on four weeks and then everyone arrives at the same time. They all yeah. do therapy at the same time. They all depart at the same time. And we have one single family workshop weekend, not multiple. That makes sense. Well, I will make sure to put a link to uh, the website and information about the camp in the show notes so that people can learn more about that. Um, and I know you were featured on the Today program, which is amazing. Yeah, we had uh, somebody from Bloomberg called when we first started and asked us about the program. And then the Today Show called and asked me to come to L.A. and be part of a feature. So it was you know, I, and that was when Fortnite was, you know, at, at the front line of everything and everyone was blaming Fortnite for everything. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a fun experience. Uh, it's, it's, you know, just a little blurb. It's like six minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was, it was, it was a great experience and, and obviously we use it for our marketing. Sure. Before I let you go, Mike, I've got uh, rapid fire questions for you. Okay. So what's your favorite way to unplug? Um, my favorite way to unplug is, is like I mentioned, the alarm clock by the bed, not having phones near your bed. Okay. What is your go-to cocktail? My go-to cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a kid-friendly show. <laughs> um, a Moscow Mule is my go-to cocktail. Did you pick up any new um, habits or skills during the pandemic? Um, I did not, although I did notice kind of, like I said, at the beginning, the change in the kids, uh, mostly their behavior and their, uh, deteriorating social interaction. So, I mean, I, I had to pick up new skills to deal with the fresh batch of kids that were coming in. And I know that you have been to Soweto doing an HIV camp. 
Yes. Are there any other countries that need this reset camp as much as the U.S.? Uh, yeah, there are. And actually, I'm talking with therapists in, in a few different countries about uh, licensing the program there. But um, with kids' school schedules in different countries, it's, it's difficult to find that four-week availability. But uh, South Korea, uh, oh. China, Thailand, Australia, uh, India... Uh, the UK. Um, I mean, there, there's hard. If it's a technology friendly country, then they have this problem. Interesting. And then because this is called your daily chocolate, I need to know what your favorite chocolate is. Oh, my favorite chocolate is probably because I grew up in the Bay Area, probably Ghirardelle. Any particular? Milk chocolate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty basic guy. My wife will tease me that I don't like stuff in my stuff. So <laughs> just... Just straight milk chocolate, no nuts, no Rice Krispies. No you know, caramel, just, no. No, yeah. just straight milk chocolate. You're a purist. Yes, I love right. it. Love it. Well, Mike, thank you so much for um, for joining me. Uh, this is really interesting. And I think it, you've got such great tips for, you know, not just parents, but all adults um, and their kids to help have a healthy balance of technology in their life. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, Patty. It's been fun. Well, that's not just great tips for kids. It's great tips for all of us. And I so appreciate uh, Mike's advice. You know, I've had many guests on your Daily Chocolate that talk about the importance of getting outside, not not just exercising, but just getting outside in nature, taking deep breaths of fresh air. And I think this is just one more reason to do that. Turn off those devices, reduce your screen time, go outside and make it a great day. But before you do that, let me tell you, coming up next week is an incredible guest. She spent years on a small African island called Equatorial Guinea under crazy dictator who killed people and tortured people like you would not believe. And she not only tried to raise her family there, but came home and still loves Africa. So uh, you're going to love B. Blozer and the stories that she tells. Make sure to tune in next week. Take care. Bye-bye.